This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation and Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews. We're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Welcome back. Silver and Black Today. Appreciate you guys being with us. We are an Odyssey original podcast. Also a radio show in Las Vegas to our Las Vegas audience on The Bet in Las Vegas. Thanks for being with us here on this Saturday, Christmas Eve. If you're listening to us then, if you're listening to us on Thursday, we appreciate you being with us and wish you a a Merry Christmas coming up over the weekend. All right, Mo, so we talked about Antonio Pierce. We talked about the coaching. Let's talk about the Raiders as they head into this Chiefs game on Monday. You look at the lineup, you look at Colton Miller, being out. You look at Josh Jacobs being out. They've had this mini buy. Not good news so far about Colton Miller. Uh, Josh Jacobs, I would expect ready to go for the game on Monday. Uh, the extra day doesn't hurt, obviously. Uh, but but you look at this line and you talked about the young players contributing. And I want to spend a little bit of time on that one because I really like, and, and we, we heard from Bo Hardigree earlier in the week talking about being upstairs versus being downstairs. And I thought it was very telling, my friend, because he talked about his ability to see the whole field. And it made you wonder, maybe just because you don't know, right? Because you've not done it before since he's never called plays. But as a first-time play caller, you would think you'd want to be at an elevated stance so you could see everything because you're not familiar. Now, if you've been doing it for 20 years and you're some old-tooth offensive coordinator, I get it. You know it. You don't necessarily – but for Bo Hardigree to talk about that, how, hey, I was able to see how things develop. I was able to see plays. And then when I called the next play, I was able to adjust on the fly and understand better the coverages. I thought that was really telling. And it goes to show you that um, no matter how good of or experienced or inexperienced of a coach as you are, sometimes you got to try things differently. And it really paid off, obviously, for the Raiders against the Chargers, uh, and, and clearly Bo Hardigree and Antonio Pierce learned from that, 
So you would expect, Mo, right, when they play Kansas City, a much better defense, of course. But when you play them on Monday, you would expect Bo Hardegree to not fall back into his old conservative ways, but to instead utilize that young talent and utilize that that aggressive nature they did against the Chargers. So two things here. I'm being, I won't say devil's advocate, but I'm being, I'm going to probe this a little bit. Okay. So you're telling me if you're Bo Hardegree, you had to see the entire field to not be too conservative? <laughs> I don't think you need to see the whole field to know, like, look, you might want to call some plays that throw the ball 15, 20 yards down the field. No, I'm not I, saying that. I'm not no, saying no, no, no. that. No, I don't, I, think, I'm not, I don't think he meant I don't think he meant the aggressiveness, but I think he meant he meant his ability yeah. to call better, better plays against yeah. the defenses that he was seeing. But right. to your point, yeah, that that's no that's no reason to be it's more separate, aggressive. It's a separate issue. Yes. So my so what I'm saying is. Yes, being up in the booth probably helped him see the field and be able to call plays and build off prior previous plays. I understand that part of it. But part of the part of the reason why the Reds weren't able to score so many points, any any points against the Minnesota Vikings is because they were completely afraid to throw the ball down the field. And my point is yep. you don't need to see the entire field to know you were too conservative. Now, if he <laughs> wants to make the point to say, yes, I'm able to now call a better game and build off of what I did in previous plays because I could see the entire field. I could see plays develop. I understand that part of it. But the conservative aggressiveness, it doesn't line up to me because you don't have to see the field to know, okay, we should test the defense with some deep ball passing with a quarterback who can get the ball down the field. That should You shouldn't need to be up in the booth to know that. Number two, if your Raider Nation loves their petitions, there was a petition going around (laughs) to fire Josh McDaniels, and apparently it worked. So I would say if you're Raider Nation out there, have a petition go around. Raider coordinators up in the booth for remainder of the season. Patrick Graham's up there. Bo Hardigree worked out for him up there. Oh, Keep yeah. the guys off the sideline. Put them up in the booth for the rest of the season, and let's see where it goes. Yeah, hey, put the head coach up there. What the heck? We'll see what happens. <laughs> no, nah, you need you need Pierce's energy on the sideline. You need that energy on the sideline. You got to keep hey. Pierce out there. And he is a but, ball of energy. Yeah, but but Hardigree and Graham, who are not loud, not I won't say loud, but not in your face type of guys, those guys could be up in the booth because yeah. they're not they're not providing the energy on the sideline. But Pierce, I, I mean, I would say, look, keep him, put him on a moped, have him just go <laughs> up and down the sideline on the moped, just motivating guys because have, have us bring have him bring his Impala out there, man. I mean, hey, I. I Look, the players clearly, as I said in the first segment, it's clear the, that he has the buy-in of the players. Well, as oh, I yeah. said, well, that's not everything. It's something that he has Huge. the leader's ear and Devontae Adams and Max Crosby and any other of the veterans that are in that locker room. It's part of the equation of having a successful CEO type of head coach. you got to have yeah. guys who believe you're going to be in the foxhole with them and believe in them. For, for some of those things that you want to translate on the field to translate. And I think that's it worked early. Uh, then you saw a lapse because of the play calling, because I want to say game plan, because I, I think the Raiders are a prepared team under Antonio Pierce. But when you're playing chess with guys like Andy Reid and Brian Flores, who's, a, again, a top-notch defensive coordinator, it gets a lot of tougher where it's just not energy. Energy alone is not going to get you through. Exactly, exactly. And And – you know, I think that aggressive nature we saw from Bo Hardigree and from Antonio Pierce, because obviously he's the head coach and 
is involved in game planning. You got to see it again against Kansas City. And that includes those younger players. So you talked about Trey Tucker. Even Zamir White. Look, even if Josh Jacobs is back, I think you got to give Zamir White some carries, man. You got to keep feeding him and Mm -hmm. understand what it is that you have. And listen, I know you're trying to win games. He's trying to keep his job. He's trying to get the Raiders uh, off to, I think, a great ending for the season. So, so you're all about winning, but that doesn't mean you don't give those young guys opportunities. Zamir White, Trey Tucker. I think Trey Tucker, his involvement in the last game, you know, that that is what I expected probably from, you know, a quarter of the season to midway through the season. I was expecting that. Of course, we didn't get it with Josh McDaniels because he had his head up his backside. But but I think that they got to continue to do that because he makes plays. And, and if he doesn't, yes, he drops balls. He's still got a couple issues with that. He'll get better at it. But the, the, the matter of the fact is he creates plays. And when he does that, you have to account for him. And against this Chiefs defense, you want to free up Devontae Adams. You want to free up uh, Michael Mayer. You want to free up Jacoby Myers. I think that's the kind of guy you need as a catalyst to do that. When people here play the young guys, they just assume that it's part of the plan to, to subtly tank. <laughs> no, sometimes playing the young guys are the better option. Yeah, like they got rid of Marcus Peters in the middle of the season, and bumped up Jack Jones. Th- that wasn't a tank move. That was just we think we have an upgrade in a younger guy who's going to give us more effort. So when you hear "play the young guys, play the young guys, play the young guys," it's not a code word for necessarily for tanking because the young mm-hmm. guys may be better than the guys that are getting most of the snaps on the field. So while I think Trey Tucker will always kind of share snaps with Hunter Renfro and a little bit of DeAndre Carter, Devonte Adams also lines up in the slot. I think it pays dividends to have Trey Tucker on the field. The guy scored two touchdowns. I know it was a Chargers defense, but as I said, even if you're not throwing him the ball, opposing defenders have to respect his speed and that opens things up for other players. And again, he could be a key cog in that offense, even if he's not a full-time quote unquote starter. That's right. Uh, and, and, and that's, that's the key to this thing too. And, and you got to, you have a young, I mean, you, you're starting a rookie quarterback. Yeah. So that rookie quarterback, he, listen, he's going to find Devonte Adams. Yes. But, but these are the guys that are going to be around for certain for four more years, right? And so if you're going to do that, you got to get them on the same page as well. And I think I think that their game plan last week was right on. They utilized those guys. They utilized them in places that I think they should have been. And, and to me, that shows progress too. So you can be hard on Bo Hardigree all you want because he doesn't have the experience. And, and just like we are with Antonio Pierce, but they're learning their way into it. And they have the opportunity too. whether Bo Hart agrees with the Raiders next year or not as the offensive coordinator uh, doesn't matter. But what he's doing is he's auditioning as well for either the Raiders or for another role. And so I think these guys have a they, they saw last week that, hey, wow, when we are aggressive and when we do things like this, they actually pay off and it, it energizes the players. It shows a belief in the talent and the, their ability to execute. And, and that can't be, I think, underscored enough, Mo, when you get to a part of the season where you're not going to make the playoffs. So what are the guys playing for? Yes, they're playing for pride, but they're also playing for one another and they want to finish strong and they want to see what they have and that they're capable. They want to show the world that, okay, we might not make the playoffs, but we are a better team than you think we are. I, I will also wouldn't underestimate the players playing a little harder for Antonio Pierce, knowing that you know, his job candidacy is on the line. I'm sure there are players yeah. in there saying, yeah, we may not make the playoffs. This is, you know, 
more there's more percent of a chance that we miss the cut for the postseason. But we can help Antonio Pierce get this job and then build continue to build on that versus okay, now we, we have to get a new head coach and we have to get a new GM and then we have to kind of start over because that's what a lot of fans are worried about. They don't want another rebuild. They want to kind of build on what the Raiders already have. And I know this because people have said this in my Bleach Report live chat. Shout out to Lawrence III who was in there on Wednesday early. And another guy was in there and he said, you know, I value continuity. The Raiders have gone through a revolving door of coaches and players. Guys are constantly in and out. They need to build something stable. And the way you do that is keeping some of the guys in place, some of the coaches in place that have helped develop some of these young players. So I understand it from that perspective. Yeah, no, it makes it makes all sense. That's why I don't dismiss him as a head coaching candidate or what he's meant to that team, because it, it, you can't you can't dismiss it. It's, it's important. It's part of the experience. So we'll we'll see how it all goes down. It'll be interesting. Um, and, and certainly this game on Monday against the Chiefs is going to be a big challenge. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. Go ahead. One other comment that Lawrence III made that was really good. He talked about how is it going to play for a inexperienced head coach to follow behind Antonio Pierce and his leadership style. So basically Antonio Pierce has that CEO type, you know, mm. he commands the respect. He's a leader of men. Yes. Now what the Raiders go on the route where they want to hire a first time head coach who's who was just a coordinator, and let's use Ben Johnson. I think Lawrence used Ben Johnson as an example. Ben Johnson's never been a head coach. We don't know how he commands a locker room. And I think it's going to be harder, and I agree with Lawrence on this, I think it would be harder for a head coach who's never commanded a locker room to follow behind Antonio Pierce's leadership style because that guy immediately had the – it seemed like he immediately had the respect of the players. And if you have kind of a soft-spoken you know, type of head coach who's unsure or still feeling things out, Antonio Pierce looks like a natural leader. If right. you get a guy who's got to learn to be a leader, it's going to be tough to follow behind Antonio Pierce, who's just right out of the box, just looks like a leader of men. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree at all. But then I look at, I remember when, and now now I love the dude, I watch his press conferences. When Mike McDaniel got the job in Miami, I'm like, what? What is this guy? Like, he's kind of quirky. He's kind of weird. Like, who would have ever thought? And then look at the relationship he's got with those players. Uh, but but see, he he does command a locker room. He just does it in a different way. So it doesn't negate in any way your point. And in fact, it reinforces your point, which mm -hmm. is people might have different leadership styles, but the leadership is there. And to your point, you could come in as a first time person. And depending on your personality, you might not be able to do that. I mean, Josh McDaniel is a perfect example of that. Here's a guy who could run an offense, at least with Tom Brady and the Patriots. That was remarkable, but then you get in a locker room and he's a weirdo and he gets people fighting against each other because he's because he's such a tyrant. So so you're right. You you have to have that. And 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 there's it, listen, Antonio Pierce's leadership is undeniable. No one can ever take that away from him. The guy is amazing at that, and we'll see if it carries through over the next three weeks and the Raiders can uh, can get some wins back here on the board uh, and finish out strong. All right, we're gonna finish out strong. After we get back from this break here on Silver and Black today, we'll talk about the Chiefs. We'll talk about this game. We'll give you our predictions. Yes. Are we going to? I mean, Mo, I think, is going to ruin your Christmas. That's what I think. He's going to ruin your Christmas, folks, by telling you that he is the Grinch and that the Raiders won't win. But that's just my guess. We'll find out for sure when we get back on this edition of Silver and Black today. Don't go anywhere.